Thanks so much for joining for another episode of Run the List, a medical education podcast designed by Dr. Naveen Kumar, an attending gastroenterologist at Brigham and Women's Hospital, Emily Gutowski, a Harvard medical student planning on going into internal medicine, and Dr. Walker Red, myself, an internal medicine resident here at Brigham and Women's Hospital. As a quick disclaimer, this podcast is meant for informational and educational purposes only. It should not be understood as medical advice under any circumstances. Welcome back to Run the List. My name is Emily Gutowski, and I'm a fourth-year medical student at Harvard Medical School. I'm here talking to one of the Run the List team members, Dr. Walker Red, an internal medicine resident at Brigham and Women's Hospital. In this episode, we wanted to talk about what to expect as a rising intern entering the workforce during the COVID-19 pandemic. So we'll talk a little bit about what intern year looks like in general and some of the adjustments that we should be expected to make because we are living in a very, very uncertain time. So Walker, thank you for joining me for this conversation. Emily, thanks so much for having me. Um, I've been really looking forward to the chance to to check in and address some of those questions you may have as a rising intern and hopefully provide a little bit of my experience that's helpful. But first, I just want to acknowledge that for you and so many, just know that all of us uh, that have gone through it before are so sorry that you have missed sort of the traditional match celebration and the traditional graduation and all the formal ceremonies that come with that. I, I hope all of you know how proud uh, all of us are of you for these important accomplishments that you've worked for for years. And just know that at some point we will make up um, those celebrations and you all should feel really accomplished in getting through all of that. And, you know, for any student right now who, whether it's that they're missing some clinical opportunities or some scheduled electives, whatever it may be, we're all in this together and we're going to try to find a way to make up for that lost time later. So I'm really glad we get the chance to, to talk some today about um, the current pandemic we're in and how that may look for rising interns. Thank you so much for those kind words, Walker. So I wanted to ask you, Walker, when you think back to the beginning of your intern year, how does it differ from the start of intern year that we will probably be experiencing this summer? And what kinds of things should we expect? Great question, Emily. I think that the start of intern year, whether you are starting it in a pandemic or not, is always a challenging time for a number of reasons. It is a almost overnight transition into a lot more responsibility. You're assuming the role of the doctor for the first time. You're entering a world in which you only have sort of a limited amount of knowledge and a limited ability to prepare for. And so I think a lot of the things I wanted to touch on today when we talk are things that are always the case when you start intern year or any new transition in clinical responsibility. Um, And then how those things may even be more important in these special circumstances in which you and many of your colleagues are starting your intern year. I want to just make you know a caveat that this is from, we're recording in mid-April. This could be very different by the time you're starting your intern year, but I can speak a little bit to my experiences thus far and then how that may be applicable uh, in some similar and some different ways to things that you will experience um, starting this coming June. So there are many typical challenges to starting your intern year. I think the overarching uh, most important thing I'd want to encourage new interns to focus on is shifting from what we easily develop as medical students and high achieving students prior to starting residency, which is a fixed mindset of saying, this is something I'm really prepared in. This is something I'm good at. These are other things I don't 
uh, know as much about or I may not be as skilled in. And just switch that mindset over to more of a growth mindset where you're constantly thinking about how can I use this opportunity where I may not know anything and develop my skills. And even if I'm not uh, confident in this area right now, I will be. And keeping in mind how dynamic my sort of learning will be as I assume this new role. Does that kind of make sense, Emily, as an overarching approach to intern year? It's always applicable, but even more so now because much of the data we have now on COVID will actually be changing by the time you start intern year. Absolutely. I think what you said about a growth mindset is so important. I've heard so much about how the growth curve for the first year of residency is just exponential and we're bound to get things wrong and embarrass ourselves in front of colleagues. And to be open to that and to think of those experiences as opportunities to grow instead of being hard on ourselves is, I think, really important. That's exactly right. A couple of the things that are super important to remember within that camp is just that if you don't know something, just say you don't know it. Everyone was in your exact same shoes at some point. Also, making sure if you're worried about something, always feel comfortable saying, I'm worried about this patient. One of the phrases we always use here in our program is never worry alone. And I know that's a mantra that's used elsewhere too. It's very important to just be clear uh, that, hey, I don't know something. I'm worried about this. I'm not totally comfortable in my ability to handle this. So, hey, resident attending fellow, can you just give me a hand in working through this? That's super helpful. That kind of brings me to my next question. Specific to the COVID pandemic right now, what types of experiences would you say are more frequent than they would otherwise be? And what mindsets or skill sets are particularly valuable? There's a few things that come up when you ask that. The thing that comes to the forefront of all of our minds during this, to be honest, those of us who have been providing direct patient care, is goals of care conversations and end-of-life conversations and conversations about code status. While there's been a very important effort to try to have more conversations about what patients and their family members would like to envision at the end of their own life in the primary care setting and ahead of time, it often has gotten pushed back to the more acute setting. And so now we are, you know, we're making a big effort, every discipline in medicine, whether it be geriatricians, emergency medicine doctors, anyone else who's admitting to these patients on the wards, to how do we navigate these delicate but incredibly important conversations around what people want at the end of life. Specifically, I think that is an area that can totally be practiced and prepared for as a uh, rising intern. It is something where you may have had a little bit of experience as a student, maybe not quite as much. And so if you can practice and prepare with some resources that hopefully we can share, it will better equip you to have those conversations and Many residents like myself lean on certain things during those conversations that are made more difficult during COVID. For instance, I often like to be sitting in person with the patient and the family when everyone can be together in the same room. When that is moved in the era of COVID to having some of those conversations over the phone, I think many of us feel like that's the most difficult part of what we're experiencing right now that we haven't experienced before. Again, the shift in mindset is shifting from, oh my gosh, I can't sit here and hold my patient's hand and have their spouse and have their children all at the bedside all together. That is a loss and that's something we all wish we could have. But instead, shifting your focus to what I can do to be a humanist during this time. How can I bring 
the family via FaceTime into the patient's room. And I can actually sit at the bedside with this patient and still hold their hand. We wish we had more treatments to offer some of these patients, but what we can always offer them as physicians is what I think is always the most important part of care regardless, which is having a very compassionate way of caring for patients. And so I do think that is the biggest thing that jumps out to me, Emily. I think that's so beautifully said, Walker. I actually had an OSCE the other day, which was a goals of care conversation for a patient who had suspected COVID. And we were supposed to speak with the patient's child about goals of care. And it was so much harder than I ever thought it would be, not only because it's a delicate conversation and we don't always have the right words for it, but also, like you said, because of this additional barrier of not being in the same room as the patient or their family. So I think practicing and keeping a couple of phrases in your back pocket for when the time comes to have these conversations can be really helpful. That's exactly right, Emily. It's, again, in my opinion, probably the most important part of what we do as doctors. And because there's so much else to learn to prepare you to become a doctor about the biology of disease and physiology, we, we often explicitly practice those things and sort of leave some of these other things without quite as much explicit practice. And that's why we will make sure to provide some resources linked with this podcast that will allow the rising intern or even current residents to practice some of these conversations and how to go about them in a way that will make you feel like you're really doing the best for your patients and their families. I want to shift gears for a second and ask you more about your day-to-day experience. I know there have been several articles in the news about what it's like to work in the front lines with COVID patients, but I'm wondering about your perspective as an internal medicine resident on a COVID team. What does a typical day look like for you, and how might it differ from rounding in the way that we're used to? I'm so glad you bring that up, Emily, because so much of what I think you may experience as new interns during this time is that you participated in and really worked on a lot of important skills on the day-to-day on an internal medicine ward before COVID happened. And so many of those sort of organizational elements of your day may have shifted just a little bit. First of all, some of the conferences and some of the learning may be remote or virtual, which takes some getting used to, is not quite as fun as getting to be with colleagues in person, but is nonetheless very valuable. So being prepared that many of those aspects and many of the social bonding you get with the larger program and the leadership may take place virtually, but those are actually still really rewarding experiences. The other part on the day-to-day may be that you are used to a structure that basically entails an interim pre-rounding, going to see patients on their own, then a more formal rounds with residents and attendings for a few hours, then um, kind of coming back to do more of the work in the afternoon and also checking in to see patients as frequently as needed and even doing some kind of social rounding in the afternoon, just checking in and popping in on your patients. When I was an intern before we were taking all these precautions, I loved, as time allowed, being able to check in on any given patient a couple of times throughout the day, both to monitor how they're doing clinically, but also to just get some more of that FaceTime. So things can look differently as you alluded to right now. It is going to totally depend on what the practice is at your own institution, but some of the important considerations here are preservation of PPE, minimizing uh, multiple clinicians in the room at times that are not directly contributing to patient care, and sometimes just the efficiency with which things need to be done because many of the things that we understand as routine, such as a routine lab draw, a routine EKG, even a chest x-ray, 
those are all more complicated in the era of COVID when such strict precautions have to be taken. So now there may not be as much pre-rounding, and it may be that the attending or the intern alone or one person is going to go see each given patient during rounds in the morning, and that the whole big team won't be going in together. It may be that you really think about intentionally clustering things like lab draws, imaging, meds given to a certain one time when the nurse can go in there and do all of those things. It may be that rather than being able to go in and spend as much time in the afternoon talking to that patient in person at the bedside, it may be that you call them more frequently by phone and check in with them and do what some of the house staff here have done an amazing job of, which is making sure every single day you check in with the family. Every single day you give them an update during this time of so much uncertainty and so many unknowns. Those are all the ways you can help sort of refocus some of the daily things. And, you know, while a departure, I think there's still ways to really preserve what's most important. And also, this is just a chance to highlight, so important to work with your nursing colleagues, your patient care assistants, your medical assistants, the unit secretaries, everyone, and just communicating what works best for all parts of the team. That's always been important, but even more so now to make sure that you're being sensitive to how to best serve the patient in a way that's safe for all the staff and conserves PPE. So it sounds like a lot of expected deviations from the normal rounding structure, but that has again to do with tolerance for ambiguity and expecting change to happen. I want to ask you about the way that you're taking care of yourself and how you're practicing wellness and self-care. What kinds of techniques have worked for you? This is huge. This is such a big part of it. I, we always say this, but it's more true than ever, which is, you know, if you, if you can't care for yourself or you don't care for yourself, you're just going to be unable to care for your patients. And I, I think the first thing to really acknowledge here is that you may have conversations that are really challenging and really difficult and really something that can be a source of trauma for you to experience. And you know, when we experience these types of moments or days or weeks, whatever it may be, it's really important to, first of all, acknowledge that it's very real. Talk about it with others, both your colleagues. I think that is such an important source of support for myself is just to talk with other residents about this. We all were so busy the first week or two with this that many of us didn't even catch up over a Zoom call. And then maybe a week and a half into this pandemic, we all got together or about 25 or so of us got together on just a very quick Zoom call informally, just talking about what some of our experiences had been. And everyone was experiencing such similar things. A lot of the emotions we're experiencing, we were able to have some solidarity in it and relate to one another and support one another. And that's always been important as an intern and resident, especially when you are having these significant exposures to things that are very, very challenging and very much centered around life and death. But even more so now, I think it's important to talk about it with residents. And then also in the event that you're someone who finds it helpful to talk with someone in a more formal professional sense, like a cognitive behavioral therapist, I I know that I and others have found that type of um, outlet very helpful as well to get the support that you need to sort of work through what, what can be very difficult. Thanks, Walker. I think that's really helpful. Now that a lot of med students are at home, a lot of us are trying to learn virtually and prepare for intern year in the best way that we can. And we actually do have an episode coming out in the near future about best practices for virtual learning. But as we think about preparing for intern year, what recommendations do you have? 
honestly, first of all, I think it's a it's a good idea to take some time to relax and spend time um, with family if that's a possibility. Knowing that many of the things that you're going to be learning during the the growth period we just talked about are, are things that you can sort of only learn on the job. Um, at the same time, if you do have some time and it may help to feel prepared, I think looking through some high yield uh, resources, which we will try to share uh, virtually, in addition to sort of preparing yourself for some of those conversations, um, may be helpful. And then when you do step onto the wards and have these experiences, you'll quickly find that as challenging as it is and as devastating as it can be to see some of the human tragedy, it's also really rewarding to get to um, care for these patients, be an advocate, um, and become the leaders that you will all be in moving forward um, our nation's healthcare system and working to improve the way we can deliver care in the longer term following this pandemic. Thank you so much for sharing all these thoughts with us. As we said at the beginning, this is a very uncertain time, and even a week from now, the situation can be completely different from how it is right now. So it's important to stay open-minded and open to however the situation may change and evolve. Maybe a more positive outlook on all of this is that we've been able to see how the healthcare community has really come together in solidarity, sharing resources with one another as quickly as possible in order to take the best care of patients. And as horrible as this pandemic is, there are some bright spots that we can take away from it. And we totally agree with that. While there's so much tragic about this pandemic, it is a chance for us to all come together as every member of the healthcare team and, and work in solidarity and to get the opportunity and really the privilege to care for these patients during such a period of uncertainty. So I think as the new generation of doctors, we should embrace that we are being called upon to answer this duty and know that we will be forevermore sort of prepared for things that are very uncertain and very challenging going forward. Beautifully said, Walker. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Emily. It's been great catching up. And, um, you know, I wish wish you and all the interns who are going to be starting this coming year the best of luck. And just know that we are, we are all in this together. Um, anyone you're working with knows what it was like to be an intern. They probably do not know what it was like to be an intern during a pandemic. And so all the more reason they'll be even more supportive and understanding as you go through this um, very rewarding transition. Mm-hmm.